0: Thank you for joining us here on the last day of LDI for Geezers of Gear episode 61. Today's podcast is brought to you by Row Visual, the leader in LED display products. While you're at the LDI show, go check out the Row Visual technical team. Apart from having some interesting stories, they also have a wealth of knowledge any LED tech can learn from. Because of a constant need for backup support, Row Visual US has decided to launch a 24/7 technical support service. Living up to its value of unrivaled customer support, RoVisual actually is taking the step to offer nonstop technical backup. The RoVisual technical support service works fairly simply. It's a toll-free telephone number or email address that will get you in contact with the team on a 24-7 basis, redirecting you to the on-service technical engineer for individual and personalized technical assistance with troubleshooting technical issues. This is great to know when you're out on the road and need that expert help on your project or show. The phone number is 1-833-4-ROW-TECH. 1-833-476-3832. The email address is support at rowvisual.com. Meet the Row Technical Support Team at the LDI Show, booth number 302. Mm-hmm.
1: Henry, it sounds more like a moan than a "yeah." You're moaning.
0: Good moaning.
1: Good moaning.
0: Good, Good moaning. <laughs> Trade show voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've—I don't know what it is, but doing the podcast on the show floor at the Martin booth, I have a sore throat after we do it every time, and I don't know what it's from. Like I've been around fog my whole life, so it's not fog. Um
2: you No, know, it's talking over everybody. Yeah, yeah. High velocity so, talk. Frank, just
0: yeah. a warning, we're gonna need you a little closer to the mic. You can pull it, move it, bend it, do whatever you want to make yourself comfortable. But there yeah. you go. Nice Perfect. How's nice that? that that's, are, awesome. That's, cool. that's awesome. That's awesome. I just need you louder than Henry so you can kind of drown him out a little bit. <laughs> I've been listening to him for a couple of days solid, so uh, uh you know Henry tends thank you, to do most of the Thank you of for that talking. kindness. Yes. So this is uh episode number sixty one, I believe. It or is, is it sixty?
1: No, it's sixty-one, I think. Jesus. I've Lucky numbered.
0: Is it? So it's either sixty or sixty-one. I can't remember. But uh it's episode past fifty-nine and less than sixty-five. Let's call it that for now. <laughs> and uh we have a gentleman named Frank Lapino Jr., the third. The third. The third. And Frank is a guy I've actually known for a very long time. He's one of the very first industry guys I met, sort of on the manufacturer side, when I first moved to Chicago. And I had a job at an installation company called Sounds Music. Mr. C. uh, Mr. C Etienne. And, uh, you know, I met Frank, I think you were peddling CDs at the time, weren't you? along yes, with maybe along some lights with, and along stuff. Along with some lights yeah. and a little bit of this and that. A little that. bit of audio, yep. yeah. So, um, you know, Frank is a guy that really came into this business uh, in a very early time. Um, he definitely tied in with some of the import companies and became kind of an expert on that market and therefore has been a pretty sought after guy over the years, uh, you know, for building markets for those types of companies. And I've known of two or three that you've been with. And um was recently brought in as or not that recently, I think it's what, six, seven years ago that you started with Blizzard? Ten. Ten Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Ten years old. That is wild. So what happened, I guess, with Blizzard, which we'll get into a lot more, but they they brought Frank in because the two partners that started it were um just kind of came to the realization that, hey, you know, we kinda know what we're doing, but we have no idea how to sell this shit. So we better find somebody that can (laughs) come come in as a partner and Sort of build our markets for us and they definitely found the right guy with you so uh first of all frank thank you for coming over early in the morning before the show starts thank you good
2: morning happy sunday
0: morning yes thank you last day of the show it's probably going to be uh you know shoot a cannon through the aisles today i know uh watching facebook a lot of people Uh, We're kind of checking in at the airport this morning. (laughs) Quite a lot of people. A lot of manufacturers too, like people, you know, that are either owners or reps or whatever for a lot of the companies out there, they're already leaving this morning. But um, yeah, I mean, Sunday's always a pretty slow day. And I think it's like that for most trade shows. People are using it as a travel day. And um, so anyways, I'm actually going to finally get some time to walk around the show and see some stuff for an hour. Uh, before I have to leave for my flight after all these podcasts, but um, so Frank, first and foremost, I mean, we wanna we wanna go back and and uh, uh, you know I know who your mentor was, and I'd like for you to share that with some people and just kind of tell us how you got into this business, I, what happened. I'm guessing back. I'm guessing you were a DJ or a wannabe rock star or something.
2: Actually, neither. Jesus, kind of crazy. So I got out of college and and I came home for the summer. And really wanted to take the summer off. And my dad, who has been in this industry really since World War II, uh, was with Billboard and and Seberg and a whole bunch of originals in the industry. He was a rep. And he said to me, he said, you know, I got to go make some sales calls. And do you mind answering the phone for me for a couple hours? And I'm, okay, dad, happy to help. Just got out of college. Thank you. And, you know, sure. Well, I think he knew in the back of his head that, you know, I kind of would like this. You weren't going to leave. <laughs> Wasn't going to leave. <laughs> yeah. And that three hours that day turned into 10 hours the next week, 15 hours the next week. And in reality, in six weeks, it was a full-time career. I really liked it. Yeah. At that point, he was a manufacturer's rep, um, was the very first rep for American DJ. Yep. Um, as well as a company called GLI, which back in the day was... Audio company, right? Audio DJ Mixer, stuff like that, right? Uh, They were, for the longest time, the audio gear electronics uh, for the roller skating industry. Mm -hmm. And Altec Lansing Mm -hmm. back then was the the speaker company. Right. So it was quite enjoyable. Yeah. This is cool. I like this stuff. It's lights. It's fun.
1: Yeah. What year uh, did you graduate? 85, 84? 87. 87. Okay. So. Um, yeah.
0: You're a little younger than Henry and exactly. I. Exactly. Especially Henry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it started out, it's like, okay, great. I'll answer the, some phones, talk to talk to people. And, and my dad, I learn every day yeah. working with my dad. And, and I never thought I was a salesperson, if you will. And my dad never thought he was because he was PR, advertising, you know, and, and marketing his whole career in the entertainment industry. Yeah, And it was just fun. And before you know it, 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 it grew and we added some more lines. And, and next thing you know, it was Gemini we, we yeah. took over for yeah. the Midwest and it expanded. Oh my gosh from three states to five states and before you know it, we were the regional reps for a couple companies you know including american and gemini
1: so what was it like going out with your dad on the first sales call i mean i I would imagine at that point you were pretty isolated from his rep business you graduate college and now you're out doing sales calls father and son right it was
2: pretty cool um you know i learned a lot about the industry and and while i have i play the piano i play the cello you know I, i was not a dj Mm. Uh, was not a a, a guitar player. And, and so going out on sales calls was I kind of listened to how he did things. And, and that's a very, was a very great learning experience for me because it wasn't hard sell. It wasn't, Hey, you got to buy this. You know, know, what are you going to do for me today? Which I hate and, um, just more show your gear, tell what it's really the benefits of this over something else. Yeah. Um, and in reality, it sells itself.
0: Well, I, and I was going to say, I hate to burst your bubble, but you did have American DJ and Gemini. <laughs> you know, well, they weren't tough lines to sell back in those days, were they? I mean, they really well, kind of, both of them owned their
2: well, let's, let's,
0: market-ish, you know? Well,
2: let's take American DJ and, and where they are today. Um, but back then, no, it was not an easy sell. It was right. rope lights, mirror balls, and pin spots. Yep. And that was it. Yeah. You know, and it was great. You know, it was fun. And then they kept expanding things. And I remember the first special effect light they came out with. And it was called a Moonlight. And it was really cool. And all of a sudden, that kind of blew up the market. Um, uh, The Italian companies out there had this type of lighting. But nobody here in the States had anything that was affordable for everybody. Right. right. Yeah, it was very
1: costly, the Italian stuff at the time.
2: Yeah. Costly and very heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember well.
2: Yeah, well, I
0: actually met your father, and uh, and I remember him quite well, actually, and I remember meeting you the first uh, couple of times, and and uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I am not a person who was fortunate enough to be mentored by my father. He died when I was very young, and um, so I'm I'm always a little bit envious of people who. Uh, not only got to learn things and get life lessons and stuff from their father, but got to work with their father. Henry's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Henry grew up in the business with mm-hmm. Mr. Hanks uh, being his father, mm-hmm. Henry Sr. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, I never got to do that. So I'm jealous of both of you guys. And, you know, it's, there's no better way to learn than, I think, under your father. It's also very difficult because well, he is your father. Well, right? he's my father. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Expectations and, are high, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: That yeah is so, <laughs> yeah this well, is my legacy yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly well when i don't f up <laughs> right yeah. Well,
2: yeah. when i grew up um he and i really didn't have a great relationship he traveled all the time for work and he'd come home on the weekends and it'd be like okay you got to go to yard work and well okay you know do i have an hour's worth of chores or two hours worth of chores and it always turned into the whole day oh boy so we became best friends when we work together right and i cherish that every day
0: yeah yeah and you lost him seven eight years ago i think yeah so um yeah i mean it's it's uh it's wild working for uh for your dad and i i know my son i don't know that he could ever work for me you know we've never really talked about it that much but uh my son races and and uh he's a driver and i've avoided ever trying to pretend I was his mechanic, ever trying to pretend I was his coach. He's always had mechanics. He's always had coaches because somebody taught me very early on in the racing world. um, Okay. There's three jobs, father, coach, mechanic. You can pick one, (laughs) but you can't pick all three. You know, you might get away with two. But you definitely can't be all three, and uh, so I just said I'm going to find a way to make enough money and sit back and and enjoy it um, and pay for it. you know, I'll be sponsor the the sort of fourth job, and uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's really cool, so um you know, you were at Gemini in the heyday, right, the crazy Nam shows, and you know I remember. Those NAM crazy shows Nam yes shows. Yeah. oh yeah crazy yeah. days yeah those guys were nuts man <laughs> the stuff they did was legendary yeah it was a good era yeah it, re- it really was yeah
2: you know you look at the 90s and business was good and yeah you know it was crazy you were writing orders left and right yeah and promoting your products and everybody was doing a good job at bringing out continually bringing out new gear that people wanted yeah, yeah but I
1: mean also you know the, the competition wasn't as and as intense when you really see the China really hadn't made its entrance into the market. You know, you looked at, you know, Gemini, you know, again, we talked about American DJ, but some of the, you know, the other lines, I think Newmark at that time switched over to Chinese manufacturing also. But when you look at like, for example, the DJ mixer market, Pioneer didn't exist in it, right? Mm And so, um,
0: well, and, and Newmark was, was sort of, you know, mid market where, Gemini was maybe a little lower. Gemini uh, was
2: lower end. You had Newmark up there. You had MTX up there. Exactly. Oh, you yeah. MTX. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. right.
0: So I think Gemini kind of shifted the entire category mm-hmm. and made other people go, oh, shit, what do we do now? Because the quality <laughs> was pretty damn good. You know, it, it was good enough. It was Put good, it that way. It
2: was good enough. and, and For the audience. And, and it was shocking. I mean, at that point, most things were made in Taiwan. Yeah. It hadn't mm-hmm. gone to mainland China. And I remember the first time I went over there and to see how manufacturing was done in the early days. Um, It was a garage, uh, you know. Sitting out on the sidewalk. Raw materials were on the sidewalk. They were brought in. The assembly line was no bigger than this table in front of us. Yeah, Boom, 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 into boxes and out. I remember
0: the same stuff, yeah. I remember (laughs) it was crazy. Yeah, well, when I was with, uh, when I had Trackham in the second go round and Gerard owned Stanton, um, Gerard was sending me to see factories to develop lighting for us mm-hmm. that he was buying audio products from for Stanton. And I was blown away by, you know, just the dirt bag conditions of some of these factories, you know, like literally old ladies sitting on this, on the curb, on the sidewalk outside, you know, putting things together or whatever. It was unbelievable. I, I just actually, uh, I remembered, uh, a, a something I wanted to ask you about your, your, relationship with your father you said it was a little rough early on because he was traveling all the time mm-hmm. have you been able to change that in your own life uh for your relationship with your own kids
2: that's a great question yeah so i made the mistake with my first child not to being around a lot yeah being around a yeah lot. right um you know it was really crazy um my youngest where my first child was born on her due date, so everything was great. Yeah, And then I was back right into traveling again. Yeah. And I'm blessed with three children. And the my second child, I happened to be at a trade show in Las Vegas, surprisingly yeah. enough. yeah, And it was three weeks before the due date. And <laughs> lo and behold, I get the phone call, the water broke. <laughs> oh, boy. And here it is. It was the last day of the trade show. We had a great trade show. Everybody was a little inebriated yeah and my wife calls and i'm like oh my gosh yeah so i I have a wonderful wife and so here i am i call american airlines and say hey i gotta get on a flight no problem mr lapino we'll put you on the next one i get to the airport here and 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 a friend of ours that that was with my wife says ah you're not gonna make it (laughs) oh no so how do you sit on an airplane for three and a half hours feeling like an absolute yeah yeah yeah, because you're not there because i'm not there yeah Get off the plane, <laughs> call over. Nope. hasn't gone yet. Oh, oh awesome. Wow! So, so awesome. did you know if it was a so girl or boy at get this a police point? Escort. Oh, no. Okay. You know? Total surprise. Total, Got total it. Total surprise. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, uh, I do an OJ through the airport. Who cares about my bag? Yeah. You know, get in my car, race to it, doctor, love him to death, um, says to me, you're welcome. Boom. Oh, yep. he held her off a bit? It was. Wow. A, I wasn't in the hospital 12 minutes and my son was born. Oh, that's
0: awesome. my God. Right? Wow, that's amazing. Right? That's like goosebumps almost, you know. That's, so, a, that's a pretty cool thing. So I did a
2: lot less traveling in between, uh, you know, for my second child. And then my third child I almost missed again. And oh she boy. came a month early. Uh, but fortunately I made it home. In so Maine. it's your
0: wife's fault. <laughs> wife, yeah, no, it's not <laughs> your fault. It's your wife's fault. But, you know, but, that's obvious.
2: But I'm, ble- I'm blessed <laughs> with a wonderful wife because when I got, got to the hospital for my son's birth, she looked at me and she said, "Wouldn't have mattered if you were weren't here for the birth. You'd be here for every other part of his life." Yeah, oh, that's
1: yeah, awesome. That's, that's amazing. So, did I mean? So, did you have a point of personal reflection at that point, and and went, "Wow, you know this, you know because industry balance, being in the entertainment business, it's is tough, a man. tough thing. It is mm-hmm. tough. The end of the business that we're in, where we sell product, it is it becomes incredibly unbalanced, incredibly quickly. Mm-hmm. So, at that point, so." When your second uh, your second child is born, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what year was that? First of all, so uh,
2: so the second one was two thousand. Okay, so two
1: thousand. So at that point, you I mean you had had to have a moment of reflection where you just kind of pulled yourself off to the side and go, "Hey, you know, I got to get back to 50-50 here, right?" <laughs> and and how Six, did that work 60, for 60, you? <laughs> yeah, I mean no, be, well it, it is. I mean the entertainment business becomes abusive. Um, it you know, does. Customers don't know limitations you know the, uh, they don't care they don't care right yeah when so, i need you i need you you better be there
2: so good how i analyze how i am out and about and traveling yeah. and how i'm mm-hmm. there um, first year of my first child's birth 168 hotel nights that oh boy okay year after my son was born 35 nice wow good I for s- you so make adjustments make yeah. adjustments and, and guess
0: what Nobody died, and it turned out okay. (laughs) Business still worked,
2: and it turned out okay. Yeah, and and then unfortunately, it it creeped up to, you know,
0: well, starting a new company will do that.
2: Eighty to a hundred, and and you know, last year was one hundred and eighty-two nights in a hotel. So you know, back to the craziness.
1: Yeah. Have you considered getting an RV and just dragging the family with you? (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah.
0: Um, Well, you know, when you're starting a new company, and, um. You know your story. You know the brand. You know what you want to convey to people. It's hard to just hire somebody and send them out to the trade show to do it or send them out to Guitar Center or your biggest customers, whoever they are. Uh, You got to be there. I mean, that's just all there is to it. You got to be there. And uh, it's tough,
2: man. You look at technology today and everybody, you know, you have internet, you have email, you have video conferencing and, and everything. But it's still all about that personal touch. Yeah. It really is oh, getting out sure. in front of their face. Nothing like it. And you know, yeah, uh, we've gone through a phase where I think our industry, our customers, the manufacturers, the salespeople are finally starting to come back around that say, yeah, you're right, you yeah. gotta get out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, one saying my father always taught me is all business is local. You go out and see them in their face and help them create the business. Yeah, you come to them. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I had a similar, um, you know, uh, basically I decided I wasn't going to have a kid because uh, I kind of grew up without a dad for most of my life. And um, I decided I wasn't going to have a kid because I was too busy traveling. I was traveling the world in Europe all the time, in Asia and wherever. And uh, I didn't want to be a, an absentee dad, right? So... I just avoided having a kid until I was 40. So I have one son. He was born when I was 40 and I've traveled minimally since then. And I'm there for pretty much every one of his events. And, um, you know, it's just the way I wanted to do it. That's, that's just all there is to it. I, I didn't want to be the guy that felt bad all the time because I was missing a recital or missing of this or missing of that. I've missed one of his races. He's been racing eight years and I missed one race. That's awesome. So, uh, that's awesome. yeah. But yeah. You, I mean,
2: you're not unique. My father didn't marry until he was 43. Oh, wow. So, huh. yeah,
0: that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: let's get back to Gemini and find out what the, what the transition was. So, I mean, obviously you were writing a bunch of business with Gemini, right? <laughs> let's continue the timeline a little bit,
2: right? Yeah, sure. So we were repping American mm-hmm. DJ and Gemini and, um, obviously, most people know the cabazos in that that day. And Alan said to me said, Hey, you know, lights really well. This is 93. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, lights really well, hey, we want to start a lighting business. I'm like, okay. Said we want you to run it. (laughs) We want you to put it together. And with my knowledge of lighting, I'm like, I looked at my dad and he says, take the opportunity. You know, they, they threw a lot of money at me to do it. And I'm like, okay. So, and that's, yeah, it was 93. <clears throat> that's when a brand called LightQuest came onto the market. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, uh, you know, we made product in, in Taiwan. <clears throat> and it was great. And we started it. And it grew uh, pretty quickly. <clears throat> had European distributors set up within six months. Um, the hard part uh, at that point was that the... Gemini as a whole, amazing audio manufacturer for what they did. Uh, unfortunately, you can't tell them how, you know, lighting's different. Shipping and lighting is different right. than audio. That, you know, mm-hmm. how you package it is different than how you package audio. And, and unfortunately, I wasn't an owner. I was just an employee. And they didn't necessarily listen to yeah. Every, everything. Yeah. And And I couldn't put my passion behind something that, I didn't have 100% control over it. Now, LightQuest right. were all the controllers and the dimmers, right? From, from no, back in the day? No, they uh, pretty much lo- all lighting products. It I mean, really? we okay. had the little, as I jokingly say, BS little $200 lighting controllers, yeah, but yeah. Um, they pretty much. All lighting yeah. fixtures yeah Whether it was special effects i remember and, and, and i mean we had the first really cool inexpensive automated moving head fixture in the motorhead yeah you know great fixture it didn't work but it was yeah. great, it was a great fixture <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looked pretty hanging up oh, Well back in those days working, those working days. was secondary yeah, you know? it was and, yeah. I'm, not, really and I'm not works. knocking it we had a lot of fun doing it yeah just, don't get me wrong and, and so um we parted ways yeah you know and they continued along that line for a little while longer Then they bought ness uh, another yeah, I old, I remember that uh, Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and however, but then they, they got, got out of the lighting yeah. and, and just, you know, pursued again back into audio.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then what? <laughs>
2: um, I was very lucky in, in that the open arms of American DJ and rep firm and everything come on back. Fell right into place. Fell right back, wow. yeah. place. I was very lucky for that. That was a, a great, uh,
0: prodigal son came home well you
2: know you could put it in that way but it it was more i guess i i earned enough uh respect for my knowledge of what i do and and how i do things that it was like yeah no problem yeah
0: yeah well you did a good job they knew that they could count on you to come in and you know fix or build or whatever the market right Mm -hmm. so
1: so at that point american dj i mean now it's real right back in the back in the day it was kind of like hey this was an accessory line right and now it's real were you shocked at how large the company had
2: grown and I mean, so I was away from it for the, from them for less than a year. So, oh, all right. uh, so it hadn't grown so that much. It, yeah. I mean, right. it, it, it well, it, it had, but it hadn't. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was something where you go from, let's say they were $2 million a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instantly they're $50 million a yeah. year within a very short period yeah, of time. Crazy. I mean, it was yeah. crazy. It yeah. Was awesome. Yeah. Um,
0: well they owned I mean they, they had the virtually market. no compa- competition in that sort of DJ lighting world yep. right yep. at the time I mean mm-hmm. Chauvet came a little bit later and and now others you know there's a, there's a slew of, of companies in that mm-hmm. lower end uh, market. It was but, a great time. Yeah. It, it,
2: it, it, I, if we could go back to the 90s, I'd go back. Yeah. A, oh, for a lot of reasons. reasons yeah. For a lot of reasons. You know, life was simpler back then. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and we only had two bathrooms. And yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of things that hadn't really reared their ugly now. head yet. Are we going down that road <laughs> <Yeah>. already? <laughs> bathrooms were single use. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, well, bathrooms in the 90s were double use. You know, you could pee and do lines of blow or whatever <laughs> right. people were doing at that point. Right. So, um, wow. didn't you get involved in that neo neon thing that happened at one point? And I know I'm probably jumping ahead you're, a few years, you're, right?
2: Yeah. You're really jumping ahead a few years, but that's fine. You know, yeah. and, and we'll kind of go in, in before that, you know, then, you know, I was, we became the regionals and pretty much captive reps right, for, yeah. know, for quite a long time and, and took that, uh, you know, we did 13 States around the Midwest and it, it was wow. So
0: know. how did that work? So you were an independent rep firm oh. and, and they hired you? Or or we was it a, still a, a? We were an
2: independent rep firm, but at that point, you know, then they came out with American Audio, so we had to get rid of Gemini. We were captive. Yeah, we just did their group of companies. Remember okay. that they had Lamplight for light bulbs, and then they had Global Trust. And yeah, they, they yeah. were a conglomerate. But you were still independent, and it independent. was still commission based. Commission and, based, yeah. exactly. It but was, it had
0: grown pretty massive. Thirteen states. It was great. You know, it was great. Audio and lighting. Yeah.
2: And, and kind of like the West coast and Midwest is, is very similar. I could hop a plane out of Chicago, go to Detroit, go to Cleveland, you know, uh, yeah. go to Minneapolis, go to Kansas city, you know, it, pretty easy, yeah. pretty easy. Yeah. So it was great. You know, it, we just sell, sell, sell. Yeah. And, and you, it was the great good old days where, you know, so much of our business at that point was retail Yeah. with some of it being installation um you know you'd walk into a music store oh yeah you need this 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 and this great you know write a po
0: yeah that's actually an interesting point though because back then um Really, a lot of the the cheaper stuff, the lower-end stuff, wasn't really allowed in installations, yet, at least in most of the professional right. installations. absolutely. Like, you would see cheesy little nightclubs or Korean clubs or whatever that had American DJ products in them. But for the most part, at that point, people were using Martin, people were using high-end, people were using Clay Packy. For the larger stuff, sure. Yeah. And... Um, and then American DJ was still more like the band that had four lights or the small club or the mobile DJ. Um, mobile
2: DJ was a huge part of it. Of course. The, yeah. the install side of it was your smaller little club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the adult entertainment club. Right. Was of course. Huge segment of the market. Of course. Yeah. Um, and, and that was fun, but yeah. yeah, that was way back when. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it was a good, but yeah, retail was so much of our business. Yeah. You know, unlike today.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, it's really changed. Now, Retail. now at that point, had I, I guess the internet was just starting to come online at that mm-hmm. point, and some of the now e-commerce was starting to pop up, right? Mm-hmm. How did that change your rep firm? So how, how did that how did you handle, you know, uh, more of a globalized market? Or now, because you can buy stuff from all over the United States. Well, and States, it wasn't I mean. even just the
0: internet. It was, you know, mail order, Faralane, mm-hmm. uh, yep, uh, pro yep. sound and stage lighting catalogs.
2: So the next phase of the industry really say, was catalog, you know, it was huge. Everybody put out a catalog, yeah. you know, of size, whether it be full compass, or PSS, yeah. all other, all, yeah. all but the first real push was the big box stores, Right. you know, when guitar center really exploded, um, Sam Ash, yeah. you know, uh, that's where the next phase. So the internet was starting.
0: Mars music. Mars, Mars music. music. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. We were all, oh, we were all there. One. Right. <laughs> we were all there. We were all Mark Beagleman. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, but that was really the next phase of our industry. Is you had everybody that that had their own retail stores, but then the big box stores, and that was always a challenge because there was a lot of lot of dealers out there that if you were in Guitar Center, they didn't want to do business with you. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was always a challenge. Mm. And really, well before the internet took off, that was the first big challenge. Really?
0: Huh. Mm-hmm. If you sold to Guitar Center, the little ind- independents tried to stay away from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what was their option?
2: Well, and the, I guess Chauvet was starting well, yeah. to get Absol- larger at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and but it was more. I used
0: to sell to Chauvet from when we were Trackman. Right. We used to sell to Chauvet, and I used to drive over to his little place in Sunrise and and deliver stuff. And I remember when he, I remember seeing Rope Light and stuff in there, and I went what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, you know, we're gonna compete with like, you know, some of these other companies like Fairlane and stuff and we're gonna sell Rope Light and we're gonna sell these these uh, products that we're importing. And I was like, oh, Albert, that sounds fun, you know? And then we sold him less and less stuff and he grew and don't the rest is history is, yeah. It, exactly, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, so then you look at, at going forth from that and then the internet really started to take off. Right. Uh, in a small scale at first. Um, but you saw the the bigger companies that had their catalogs. They were the smartest people in the world for the industry at that point because yeah. then they did really capitalize on websites and sales on off their websites. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of the website sales though back then, though they showed the product and you could buy it online. Ninety mm-hmm. percent of it was still call in. They'd call in, in wow. into the line. So <clears> how interesting.
1: D- how did that affect your rep your rep firm? Obviously, you know. The internet put a lot of people out of business um it changed right because mm-hmm. i mean you wind up consolidating a lot of your your customers right well
0: the walls around your territory dropped right well
2: a <laughs> big time yeah and, but in reality when we look at at time frame for, in my opinion on how mm-hmm. how that is it wasn't really until this decade 2010 2011 when that really became saw, a problem really yeah. became a problem. yeah, yeah. And, and,
0: I mean, I remember even when I was at Martin having trouble with, you know, Sean Farrell or Pro Sound and Stage or sometimes even Guitar Center um, stealing Zin from small dealers in other states sure. and stuff and getting those calls from the small dealers, the independents. And uh, so it was a it was a problem, but it wasn't like an Amazon problem, you know what <laughs> right. I mean? It wasn't like it is today. Right. For sure.
2: So in that period in the 2000s is, is you know, I looked at, because at, I... I like to be considered an entrepreneur. Uh, and I said, okay, what does our industry need? Our industry needs some good cables. So everybody's like, cables, cables. So here I'm a rep firm, yep. captive rep. While American had audio products, they didn't have a cable. So I, I started manufacturing cables. And then I was one of the first to actually manufacture LED light bulbs for our industry. I saw that as something really cool. Um, that's 2005. Well before anybody else did it.
1: Huh. Interesting. So what kind of LED light bulbs that. did you do? Did you do screw ins
2: or what did you screw ins. Mm-hmm. Majority of all of them were screw ins, you know, par thirty eight replacements. Huh. Uh, and I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was a company called EcoLed that I, I interesting. Started. So it was it was pretty cool.
0: And that's gone now? That's gone now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that's yeah, a tough I, market. I, well, back then it was great because you you know you're still. It was the wild
0: wild west. It was the wild wild west, and you could get thirty five dollars for a light bulb.
2: Well, and manufacturing cost <laughs> was twenty two, and yeah, know yeah, it's know. not like today where you know uh, you go to Home Depot or yeah. you get know, six for, for a buck six for three dollars or right. whatever, yeah, right? No, that it's very different. You don't want to play in that, yeah. in that world.
0: Do you still have the cable company or no?
2: Um, we I actually brought in the cable company into Blizzard.
0: Oh, interesting. So. What was the cable company called? Mighty Cables. Okay. Wow. Okay. I remember so, that now. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. So, and that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. So, so, were you involved in that Neo-Neon thing? I was. I thought you were.
2: So, in 2006, end of six, end of seven, um, without going into details, um, parted ways with American DJ. Yep. Um, and it was pretty darn amazing. Within our industry, as we might think it's big, is very small. Yes. uh It wasn't 12 hours later, I'm getting phone calls. Yeah. And I get a phone call from a gentleman named Jim Hardaway, which yeah, I. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he said, Frank, is it true? Uh, are, you, are you no longer with them? And I'm like, this is true. Yeah. He said, When can you come to China? Yeah. And I said, Well, I was just there a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I guess I'm free. I'll, Come tomorrow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, a first-class ticket could convince me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I have
1: no kids on the way.
2: Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. leave tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, my
0: son's not, or, or my next child's not due for three months, so I've got about a month window that I can go. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and, and I'm like, tomorrow. Yeah. And it was. I got on a plane the next day and, went, and went to China. And <clears throat> back then, he was working for Neon neon and
0: which was a very impressive company at was. the time. Um, it was huge. Yeah.
2: Uh, it was huge. Massive, you know, massive multi- whole
0: town started around that factory. Um, didn't at one point they it, have like,
2: it was a town. It, it was the first town way ahead of Uli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm like, okay, so I get, get over there. I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And he said, well, um, our sales to, uh, our largest, uh, company we deal with chave at that time Mm -hmm. has been dropping quite considerably because they've been sourcing elsewhere um we want to start a lighting company for the united states and (laughs) we want you to run it (laughs) wow yeah and and i'm like "Mm, well you know we need to really do this right the right way um and so we sat there for about three days and and i wrote a pretty extensive business plan um you obviously need funding. They have funding. They make product, a lot of product. Um, but we needed to have the wow factor when we came to the market. And so that was whatever, first of the year. We launched the product at Summer Nam. Had a wonderful booth. Had a catalog that was larger than all the catalogs in the industry put together. Yeah. <laughs> With lots and lots of product. Everything from, you know, park hands, lot Everything. Of, every, everything was in Everything. So, And that brand was called a Radiant.
0: Yep, I remember it.
1: So mm-hmm. Neon Neon at the time, though, they made, they cut their teeth on that, what was it called, the non-LED? Was neon n- Neon. Yeah. It was Non-Neon. So Non-Neon stuff, right? Yeah. So that's, I mean, they became really, really huge mm-hmm. in that, in per se what you would identify as the rope lighting market, per se, right? Trimmable rope lights. But then also they expanded into Neo Laser, Neo LED, Neo, you know, there was like everything. a Neo everything at that well, and, point, and, right? And,
2: and they were the ones that created Fat Beam laser technology. Right. You know, their engineering team was amazing. Yeah. Um, it, it really was. Uh, and the amount that we could produce in, in short periods of time uh, was, was amazing. And yeah. We, we did quite well. Yeah, Um, But yes, that was their their biggest push into the market along with the other division that did all the Christmas lights.
1: That's right. right. I remember that.
2: And they still do millions of dollars in Christmas lights every year. But
1: they pretty much
0: exited quickly. And was it impatience? (laughs) (laughs) Like I I would just expect that they thought they could just walk in and tromp on everybody and just take over the market.
2: So we're all business people. Yeah. All right. And we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. And this is... No disrespect to them by any means, no nope. um, unfortunately, their culture mm-hmm. uh, I wrote eleven different business models in twenty eight months Jesus <laughs> constantly want to change things, constantly want to change things, and as we all know the u s market is the u s market yeah you mm-hmm. you can't know the u s market unless you're from here, been here for years, know yeah. what it's about. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: And honestly, Chinese companies now that are infiltrating the market and setting up shop in LA or whatever, they're learning that quickly too, you know, both in, the, both in our market, in this market, but mm-hmm. also I own a company in the commercial LED mm-hmm. market and they're having the same trouble there. You know, they think that they can just come in, put a bunch of product in the warehouse and people are going to buy it because it's cheap. Right. It's not like that. It's not like you that.
2: Know? So after about <clears throat> t- over two years and, and changing that, and it was kind of one of those...
0: Yeah, this ain't working.
2: This ain't working cuz yeah. their vision was to take it to, you know, 40 million in 3 years and Yeah. We did 10 million the first year. Yeah. You know, pretty darn good, but that wasn't good enough. Right. So hands up changing and changing and changing yeah. and changing. So Jesus. Um I realistically said to myself this is not going to work, you know. Yeah. Um it was one of those while while I had stock in the company. Um Chinese stock doesn't mean anything. No, no, it doesn't. Um, you know, anything written on paper signed in China doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, we all have learned that quickly. Chinese
0: stock is like <laughs> Chinese IP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And
2: again, we're not trying to decide. No, no, it, it, not it, so it's of course But it's just reality. No, of course not. It, it's culture. It's reality. It's, it's, it's how they do business. So. Well, there's a,
0: there's a saying that I have from a former uh, employee that I had, which is, uh, you know, Chinese made versus made in China. And um, that's a cultural thing, Mm -hmm. you know. uh, You can have product that is manufactured in China, that's designed and developed for the American market, by the American market, you know, with American engineering involved in it, and be very, very successful. Mm -hmm. And your company is one of those. Alation is certainly one of those. There's lots of companies that fall into that category. But for them to just manufacture of you know, stuff in China, mm-hmm. made cheap copies of other things or whatever, and just come and dump it into the U S market. That just isn't going to work logo right now on it and go have yeah. a logo on it. And it's go not going to work anymore. There's too much clout there.
2: There is, there, there yeah. really is. Um, but what that taught me and, and I, at that point I would probably been to, Asia 50 or 60 times Holy at, shit. at that point yeah um you know, going to maybe even more it's it's i've, I've lost count. a blur i lost count at a hundred oh, okay geez. so you know it, it's kind of one but i learned something from a very smart man chuck davies yeah yep um he learned mandarin at the age of 40 yeah when he got into it and realistically if you can speak their language and know their culture you can deal with them. Yeah. So it was one of those t- during that course first thing I learned was numbers then I learned sayings, you know, how you know, dealing with them on their so own. So you speak Mandarin? I do. Oh, wow. So I'm very I was very bl- blessed growing up. My mother speaks seven languages, my father rest of soul spoke three. Uh. So it was a household that just yeah you know, that's I, what I, you i know. speak, I speak Spanish. well maybe
0: maybe just nobody wanted to communicate with each other so they developed other <laughs> languages so you couldn't <laughs> understand what they were saying and stuff right like right. mom and dad talked in german you spoke to your sister in you know italian right. and
2: yeah it, it, it was it was pretty cool so i have a good ear for for it yeah and and it's kind of amazing when i go over there and they look at this larger individual that wait you're laughing when they say something like, yeah
0: yeah i understand what i he's understand saying, what yeah.
2: you're saying and i still don't let on half the time you know yeah. our good partners over there they all know and we well because you
0: want plan. you want to catch them saying this guy's an asshole, right <laughs> you know what a dick
2: well and i was told early on when i said i'm going to do this i'm, I'm going to learn it um a uh, good friend of mine um, a dutch gentleman that has been in china since the 90s and, yeah. and he said to me he said you don't want to learn it because you don't want to hear what they say yeah because they're very direct. Yeah. I mean, they will point blank and say, you're fat. <laughs> and, and most people would take offense of that unless yeah. you know the culture. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah was,
0: no, they're not necessarily trying to be rude. It's just how they do things, exactly. you know? Yeah. Exactly. So you, you left neon, Neo-Neon what year?
2: So that was 2008. So then did you and just it, sit
0: around for two years waiting well, for this not, cool opportunity to pop up? <laughs>
2: <laughs> actually was still doing my light bulbs doing my cables oh of course yeah. and, and so we were peddling that and, and having a good time growing growing that though as we all know that a <laughs> couple years of the crash everybody lost everything yep. business was the most difficult it was tough it was t- it was very very tough and uh but shortly thereafter it, it, you know um, one of my good uh, uh dealers at the time said to me uh, said hey you know there's these couple guys out of milwaukee and 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 I bought a couple lights from them, and they're actually pretty good. Mm. And uh, Bernie Howard.
0: Oh Bernie. wow, geez, that's a name that yeah, I haven't I heard, heard in a while, in
2: a, in a, in a long time. Yeah, uh, he had bought audio uh, audio lines. Okay. In down in downtown Chicago. Yeah. And uh, he said it's pretty good. You might want to contact them and call them and see what they they're about. Might be an opportunity. Though. Might be an opportunity. Yeah. Um, i was like i'm willing to talk to anybody you know it's what i do and and so i i reached out to them actually i looked and saw what they had had sold him, what what bernie had online and a couple cool little lights and didn't know too much about them so i emailed them then i called them why don't we have a meeting they came down to my warehouse in chicago and 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 we sat and we talked and they said and and will will kamasa and, and and bob miller were the Founders, if you will, of, of the company, Will, mm-hmm. first and, and Bob, very quickly into it. Um, will was a and lawyer. they were
0: musicians that played in a band together, right?
2: They, they played in a band together, uh, yeah. which was really cool. And um, Will was a lawyer, yeah, uh, as well as a theater major. And he worked for a large accounting firm. And uh, in the crash, they laid off five thousand lawyers, and he was mm-hmm. one of them. Oh boy! And he passion for lighting, very creative individual. And, and said to himself, Hey, I'm going to start a, start a, a, uh, a lighting company and bought a few products, put them on eBay at first, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people on eBay wanted more. And then he started to reach out and, and, and so that's how it started.
0: Jeez. Very and organic,
2: very organic. Yeah. And I said, well, cool. Let's I'll, at that point, you know, Hey, let me sell some of this stuff, put on some wraps, let's see what we can do. And.
0: So were you looking for an opportunity at that point? Obviously, you were trying to uh, sniff out sort of the next thing for, yeah. for Frank.
2: I guess that's a good way. Was I yeah. looking? No. Yeah. You know, it was more, let's get through this tough time. Yeah. And then f- figure out what yeah. what the next path is. Uh, and But I really liked him. Great people. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, oh, my gosh. You know, and, and I'm, I guess, a salesman. Yeah. yeah um I guess we uh I well I don't consider myself a salesman yeah even even though everybody tell me tells me I'm a good salesman that's not I present product yeah product I'm a product guy that's really what I think yeah think about myself
0: Um, you're a sales guy Frank
2: (laughs) (laughs) so we we sold hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gear in the first three months that I was part of it like um, yeah Huh.
1: So, so a couple of questions at this point the blizzard lighting line mm-hmm. so it's new it's rebadged chinese product at this point it hasn't been designed over there yet is correct. that correct that is correct. right so so you had in the marketplace and this this is kind of interesting this is kind of the angle that i wanted to look at you had well-established elation and american dj mm-hmm. you had chauvet that was well established at that point um, you know, I guess there was really no number three per se that was large, right? Well, there were a whole bunch of you small know, guys, right? A whole bunch of little guys like
0: Megalite and that kind of stuff. I like, don't think well, Megalite was sort of they were more, in a little bit then. later. Right?
2: No, they were in business at that point. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I think I know where you're going. Sure. Going so I looked at it and yes, you're right. The first stuff was just really rebranded. Um, I said, we need to be different. We're not going, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. We're not going to be a me too company because I don't want that. Oh, you're just buying Chinese product and putting your name on it and trying to sell it like everybody else. No, we did things backwards. By Mm -hmm.
0: doing that, though, you're you're basically you're being um, dictated by what the market wants to pay, you know, you, you basically put yourself in a price game. If you're just rebranding Chinese Correct. stuff, oh, yeah, absolutely. they just go, okay, you've got the X, Y, Z light from such and such factory in China. Yours is 399. This guy over here is 299. Why would I buy yours? Cause you're a nice guy, Frank, <laughs> cause it's the exact same light, right? Right. So,
2: so, and, and, but if you looked at it and I said, we wanted to do things different. So realistically we did things backwards. Um, all right, I said, first thing we need to do before we really hardcore having going into products is we need a service department. We need a service technician. Wow. We need parts and pieces. All right. Well, cause you've been down this road, uh, yeah, you but know how yeah. painful it can get. Been yeah, down, but exactly. Yeah. So our first hire was a service technician. So there's Bob will and myself and our service technician, we make oh, sure wow. we have parts for our product. And I said, which to this day, very few without naming them companies do this, but we do this. Every single product, while a majority of it is manufactured overseas, is QC'd in Milwaukee 100% before oh, it goes okay. out the door. Yeah. Majority of the companies on this floor does, can't say that. Yeah, They spot check. All right? we and, and I will continue to do this. While we have the science down to when we get product in, there might be three lights in a container that are bad. Oh, why should you still do it? Because we want to do There's three that. lights. Well, you don't
1: want container. those three yeah. lights ending up yeah. at a customer, right? So you're now starting to move towards developing your own product. Mm-hmm. Who, were, who did you consult with? Who were your initial people that you drew the, I guess, the, their input, their industry input on to develop products? <laughs> who were those people? Was there anybody that particularly inspired you, lighting designers, anybody like that? Who was it?
2: Realistically, mm-hmm. nobody. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that might Dash. But if you look at, at at Will, he is brilliantly creative, and his ideas for lighting amazing. Um,
0: Where'd that come from, though? I mean, he was a lawyer and a theater, theater guy, a yeah. theater guy. Well, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of theater guys that aren't very creative when it comes to <laughs> developing true. lighting products. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's weird that I mean, because lawyers very analytical, very you know, uh, fact-based and all that stuff, not very creative, generally. I mean, I guess a, a litigator could be pretty creative. Mm-hmm. But um, musician, yeah, for sure. Very creative, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, theater major doesn't really play much of a role for me. So well, for you. Yeah, it's just wild that, that you know, a guy would come from that background and be able to create a line of products. Successfully. Mm-hmm. Right? Successfully, yeah. Yeah. right?
2: Well, and then we looked at it, again, and I add in the fact of the QC, but that's, you looked at... at not wanting to be a me too company right all right yeah so i pretty i was a visionary in saying hey we need to have a majority of our product electri- electrically certified yeah it needs to have etl ctl ul listings on it and not product that cost the dealer the the integrator 500 800 a thousand dollars each fixture we have fixtures that, that are, you know, just over $100 that are f- as bright as an old school 1K park can Right. And that's what got us into the door on a lot of places. Yeah. That's where we set our niche where it's going to be. Yeah. Right here in the middle.
1: So UL certification
2: yeah absolutely well but
0: also being different and you know i think there's a lot to be said for that because when you talk about the chinese rebranded companies i think what people were doing is sitting and looking at the american dj catalog and going okay they've got a an xyz we need an xyz they've got an abc we need an abc they've got a whatever we need one of those Mm -hmm. and they were really just duplicating the product line with a different brand on it i just i always look and go where's our value you know unless we can do something deliver faster, cheaper, um, always be cheaper than American DJ because we've, we've got a more efficient platform. Uh, you know, whatever it is, unless we're differentiating somehow from American DJ, I think they're going to beat us on most jobs, you know, so we're setting up to die here, you know, we're walking the plank, but, uh, so at what point did your relationship with them go from sales guy from Chicago who's just helping us build a product line and get this company off the ground to, hey, Frank, we want you in as the third partner in the company?
2: Less than a year.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And was that them or you?
2: Both. Yeah. Both.
0: So you were, that, that, you were probably by now going, okay, this is going to be a huge task. And I see the light. I think it's going to take off. I'd like a piece of it and they're probably at the same time saying we now realize we can't do this without you frank or someone like you uh we want to capture you forever and have you be part of the dna of this company so i mean i think it was smart
2: it, it's been a really good marriage and, yeah. I, and i put it that way yeah you know when when you look at, at the three um three different generation sets yeah uh, which was great you know because you, yeah you're, you're right in the middle right right in the middle yeah um uh, it was great because so it's three different generations three different ideal sets put them together wow it's yeah really crazy yeah now uh, ownership has changed this year uh bob our older uh business partner he retired and and he sold out to my coo okay who uh is an amazing gentleman um Mr. Spreadsheet, as we kind of... Mr. Yeah. Spreadsheet, yeah. yes.
3: Well,
0: every company needs one.
2: <laughs>
0: every company needs a Mr. Spreadsheet.
2: Exactly. So Adam Adam uh, Slaby became one of the owners this year.
1: That's cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So what about intellectual property? You got IP?
2: Yes, we do. Okay. Um, Tell but, us a little
1: bit about patent development and IP.
2: Well, so we in the, very much when you talk about um, IP, um, there's not a lot you can do with that unless it's mm-hmm. a very unique product. Okay. Because as you know, the patents on LED technology, though some of them have expired, fortunately. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's crazy. But when you develop a new product that's unique to the market, something different, um, then you realistically. Uh, you know, have to get patents on things. Um, uh, we're in that process on a new product mm-hmm. that we have now that we just introduced to the show, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, something called a socket, which is a streaming ACN ArtNet wireless DMX uh, receiver. Uh, okay. Kind of cool piece. Okay. Um, we have engineering in-house. It seems crazy.
0: strange that a company that makes sort of mid-range moving lights and, and disco lights and install lights and rental lights would come out with that as your first, uh, American made product. And why you just saw an opening, saw an opportunity, Abs-
2: saw an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at where Blizzard is as far as their product category, where, yeah. where we're at, um, you know, we're very much into the systems integration, marketplace, house of worship production. Uh, yep. rental. Uh and it's been a uh been a good run. Um, yeah. I I hate the term, I'm sorry. We made a lot of money doing disco lights, but yeah. we don't do disco lights yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, um <laughs> uh just try to find that segment that, that makes sense with yeah. with quality products. But realistically why have we grown? We have features that the other companies don't want to put in theirs in, in, in fixtures, even dimming curves. Yeah. You know? Um, almost majority of my fixtures have eight bit 16 bit and 32 bit dimming curves because the theater industry wants 32. Yeah. You know, um, where that's never, it's an option on more expensive products. Right. So we really look at, at taking this market and continually coming out with innovative products. Yeah. Right. That whether they're brighter, whether they're better color mixing, um, Uh, We jumped into the video wall business about three years ago. That was a scary endeavor, but we've been very blessed in how we've done it uh, to make that grow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it is a scary endeavor because it's like a whole new investment. You know, it's not just another product that you're going to sell to the same dealers and stuff usually. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a whole new investment in development and support and, you know,
1: everything, marketing, sales. A lot of comments that I get uh, that I hear about Blizzard Lighting on the market, um, and it's not a knock on, I don't hear how great, the product is, it, it's great product, don't get me wrong, but the the customer service, the way you, you do business, your your business model, your, your availability, that type of thing, the, the customer support, the people that have your lines of stuff, they go, this is just a great company to deal with, right? Yeah. So I just I, I see in my in my mind is, you know, as hyper competitive as everything is, if you look at relation, you know, Chavez and you guys, per se, my perception of Blizzard lighting was certainly that you made it on the customer service end first and grew your market there. Right.
2: So, which is I, you want. So I was, I was the only sales guy for the first six years (laughs) really in the company internal, we had sales reps, uh, actually probably close to seven. As I said, we kind of did things backwards. We set up warehousing, we set up service, we set up customer service, you know, shipping, receiving, you know, product development, everything was done. And then we added salespeople.
0: Yeah, cool. And uh, that's probably my uh, area of fault. Is I always add a bunch of salespeople and then figure out the rest as you go. Well, that's you
2: know? that's the normal mo. Yeah. In reality, if you look at business, you gotta you gotta drive sales. You gotta have sales. Somebody's
0: gotta pay for all this. Somebody's stuff. gotta pay for yeah. it all.
2: But what happens if all? Of a sudden, you sell something, you don't have the infrastructure to take care of it. Of then course, you fail. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that's a you know recipe for failure.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly if the company's well enough funded, which it sounds like this one was um that's you're talking about the right way to do it Mm -hmm. you know i've always been a bootstrapper and i've always been in situations where i had to be a bootstrapper and so you go out you make two dollars you spend you know Uh, well yeah you spend (laughs) four you try not to spend four but you spend two building infrastructure and you go make another two dollars and you come back and spend it on infrastructure and you know you do that and you you kind of go like this sales this (laughs) support this sales this support this sales this support but you did it a different way Mm -hmm. and I believe it's the right way as long as you're well enough capitalized to do that. Of that's course. A, well, of course. Yeah. You know, that's always the challenge. You guys what? don't have any private equity or anything in the business. It's all self-funded basically.
2: Self-funded. Yeah. For um, the most part. Yeah. Or, you banks know, or whatever, but, but banks, not, yeah, not yeah. private equity. Not you haven't sold equity. off equity.
0: No, yeah. Good. No. Good. I mean, that's amazing. Cause that's where the industry seems to be today is, you know, very heavily private equity, uh, induced.
1: So, um, so you're walking around the trade show floor, right? <laughs> What's missing? What do you see? Where are the holes in the market? Where, what do you, what's the next thing? What's well, it, obviously
0: what's this ACN wireless DMX blah, right. blah, blah
2: thing, you know. Right. 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 Yeah. That's a good question. Um, you know, you look at, at it's kind of like the 90s into the 2000s when, you know, how do you create a special effect light and then you just change it? And, yeah. You know, we're kind of seeing that a little bit in the, in the LED world. Um, it, it, you know, bigger, better, brighter, you know, but in, but in reality, um, creativity in fixtures. Yeah. You know, there's a few cool fixtures out there. Yeah. On the floor from other manufacturers yeah. who are like, yeah, they, they hit that one pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have a direct answer. What is it really missing right now? Yeah. Um, and I haven't had a chance really to look at the floor fully. So, yeah. you know, we're going to, yeah. we're going to do Me that either. today. We're going to do that today. It was been a great show. So. No, but I yeah. mean, you,
1: you, you look at how fast LED product has evolved in the last, three to five years mm-hmm. it's a breakneck speed right mm-hmm. so i just i kind of wonder or i look i'm always looking for an opinion on what it's going to look like three years from now or what where you think it's going i don't you know? think
2: you're going to see you know obviously uh, i don't think you're not going to see a new color of an led no okay mm-hmm. I, I think it's really going to stabilize just five and one and six and one led and that's where it's going to go as far as your um, uh, color mixing chips mm-hmm. uh, single source is going to continually get brighter and brighter and it it won't surprise me if in 2020 we see a 1000 watt led chip yeah and, and yeah
0: but no that's going to happen but <laughs> honestly the trend that we've been seeing and we talk about this a lot is um you know everybody's got lots of gobos everybody's got great color mixing even fields bright this that you know it, it it's kind of gotten not to critical mass but it's definitely gotten to a point where most stuff is good enough now and now companies are starting to focus on things like weight, like uh, truck pack, like um, IP rating. how how yeah. it hangs, IP fixtures has become a big topic, and then driving down the cost and the the difficulties of dealing with IP, IP fixtures will be another trend that we'll see happen. Um, so you know that's that's what we're seeing an awful lot of, sure. and and hearing an awful lot of when you're talking to um manufacturers and stuff is is you know we're really focusing on making it so that rental companies um are more efficient using our product
2: so you bring up a good point when you talk about ip outdoor rated fixtures yeah um what do you think put blizzard on the map
0: snow <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> right that's what you were gonna ask right? Yeah. right exactly well you know we we love our logo yeah um, Realistically, indoor and outdoor, par and bar fixtures. Yeah. You know, uh, we've been very strong in the outdoor world for fixtures yep. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing where that's gone. It, it, it really has. And yes, I can see where other manufacturers, or oh, just over the last couple of years, really yeah. have made a push on outdoor fixtures.
0: It's become uh, a big thing.
2: It's become a really big thing. Um, it, it's always a concern for me with heat and, and making sure the product will hold up. Yeah.
0: Um, well, and also it's... More expensive. Mm-hmm. It's um, very difficult to work on mm-hmm. because you got to take out a thousand screws or whatever, and uh, you know, just by design. It's so I think that we're going to see an evolution of that. You're going to see IP rated fixtures that are easier to maintain mm-hmm. and lower cost, and you know, the cost difference. It's just like you know when convertible cars used to weigh two thousand pounds more than than the coupe version of it. Sure. And in sports cars, people didn't want to add the weight because it slowed the car down. Now that weight differential is getting down to a few hundred pounds. It doesn't matter anymore. And the cost difference isn't that much anymore. Right. So it's, it's become less of an issue or less of a negative. And um, so I see the same thing kind of happening uh, in, in the IP fixture market. Mm-hmm. It certainly could. Um,
2: I'd like to see smaller. Brighter moving yoke yeah. IP fixtures. Yeah. You know, th- that's the big push for all these manufacturers yep. is IP moving yoke fixtures. Yeah. Um, uh, While there's a lot of good ones out there, I don't, I haven't made one yet. Yeah. And just, I'm not comfortable yet with heat dissipation. And, you know, we're kind of that crazy company. I like my fixtures to look sexy. We're kind of hip. We like to have fun. Yeah. But make sure they work.
0: Yeah. Right. Know? Um, that's kind of important mm-hmm.
2: yeah it very is very but I mean
0: is. I see I see like opportunities still for you know the weird thing the the thing that's like you know we we had uh, uh, Yvonne the founder of uh, Ayrton in here mm-hmm. yesterday and when the magic panel came out it was a game changer mm-hmm. you know it really was it was new it was innovative it was the Stilos is a game changer it's new it's innovative next year at LDI I bet we'll see 10 laser. Uh, source fixtures, right? But um, that is one of the things that makes our industry so interesting and exciting. Is when you see stuff like that. Like I, PRG has a product called Wonderwall, which we've talked about a whole bunch. I don't see it being used on many, if any, shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's just a marketing thing. I don't know. But Wonderwall is like a, you know, it's like it's basically a triangular. Uh, long fixture with three sides, you know, think those signboards where it turns and, you know, you can change the look of it by all Mm -hmm. the things flipping over or the train signs in uh, Europe or whatever. But um, so on one side, it's a mirror on one side, it's some LED, uh, like ACLs, basically. And then on the other side, it's an LED video panel, video Mm -hmm. panel. Yeah. And so you can make your whole backdrop a video screen then it can be mirrors it can be mixed in mirrors with a video screen it can be light fixtures that are matrixed and you know do all kinds of things and I think that's brilliant like I just think every stage should have that on the back of it but it's just not gone there yet so those are the innovations I love to see
2: a lot of that is probably cost yeah of course of course with, with it um What's the next widget? That's what we all really want. Of course, yeah. We all really want to know. Yeah. And, you know, uh, whether it's a lighting product for our industry or a piece of electronics for our industry, um, just having that useful piece of product. Yeah.
0: um, Well, and sometimes you got to take chances. You know, you got to build a three-wheel bicycle and see if anybody wants it or, you know, that kind of thing, right?
2: You know, we've we've been very well known as being the risk taker in the industry. And we were actually the first with a really affordable battery uplighting product. Uh. Ah. And and when our puck came out eight years ago, uh, boy, wow, what a game changer. Yeah. However, the problem at that point is, while I was the risk taker and proved there was a market for it. Yeah. I didn't gain the velocity in the market because of other companies. That yeah. They came out quickly, quickly and quickly, yeah. better, you know, and can, next they, thing you know,
0: it's on Amazon for, you they know, they of 80% I off 200. You yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the trouble with innovation, you know, yeah. and that's, that's, what do they say? Pioneers are the ones with all the arrows in their backs yep. or whatever. Um, that's always the issue in our industry is how do you protect it? Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to, I mean, it you is. just have to build it well enough and make sure your brand is strong enough to withstand some of that competition. I think the lower you go in the market, the harder it is to protect those, those Agreed. Uh, products. Agreed. But if you look at, what's that tube called? Astera? Yeah. If Asteria you look at the Astera Titan tube, mm-hmm really simple product, Mm -hmm. they own the market. And they haven't been knocked off because it's complicated in its design, very simple in its use. And their batteries are really good and things like that. So it just hasn't been knocked off to a point uh, that they are able to own the market. And so I think that's part of the challenge in all of this. And you know, we talk about innovation and stuff. And it's funny, because right after you, we've got uh, the founder of GLP in Oh, cool. and the patent light i yep. mean i remember when that thing oh my came gosh, out you Remember that? that was an awesome i know there, i remember right? when that thing i i just stood there and looked at it and went what wow. the hell am i looking at that is outrageous and like it was. It, it was just movement that you'd never seen before mm-hmm. and what it was was it was basically trying to bump the fact that nobody could make a moving headlight at that point mm-hmm. so it kind of looked a little bit like a moving head in that it created a very different movement than just a mirror but it still had the mirror and it was really fast and stuff so you know, I love those moments in our industry. That, that was a great time. I, re- yeah.
2: I remember that. Yeah. You know, you look at products that, that, you know, could stay the test of time. Um, you know, we've all been doing lighting for a long time. And we yep. look at this, boy, if the track spot was still around. yeah, The mm-hmm. track spot would sell still thousands and thousands every year if they had it. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody's craving a, a moving mirror fixture mm-hmm. yeah. of that really? caliber.
0: Because I keep hearing that, and then companies come out with one, and nobody buys it.
2: Well, and it was, and we did. We came out yeah. with a 150-watt LED moving mirror fixture, and you're right, nobody bought it. Yeah. You know, and, and then we dumped it, and as soon as we dumped it, everybody wanted to buy it again.
0: Yeah, well, that's our industry. <laughs> well, they that, want the one thing you don't have, right. don't they? exactly. That's lighting designers. That's our industry, you know. But oh, it, you, you have 11 gobos? I need 12. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless exactly. you have... And then you scramble to make 12, and they found a company that's got 14, and now sure. you're out again. So,
2: so when you jump back to... to technology and where things will go mm-hmm. or what's the next yeah. thing you know we look at it realistically you're not going to see another color led other than the cyan is still available you know lime while lime is taken off uh, to mm-hmm. a certain degree a good ld can do a five in one without the lime and, and mix any color that, right. that that can be done um marketing yeah <laughs> brilliant marketing yeah you know so you're not going to see a new led you really not you know the chips are just going to get bigger and brighter So then how do you have to have a fixture that takes that technology, whatever it is, um, and make it different, cooler, brighter? Um, I think just having, you know, remember when the hybrid fixtures came out, you know, regardless of the manufacturer. This is only a few years ago. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That was actually an innovation.
0: Well, listen to this. So yesterday we interviewed uh, Bob Barnhart Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we talked to him about what his favorite style of fixtures to use really is. And he likes all-in-one fixtures Mm -hmm. because, you know, hanging 500 wash lights and then 500 spots and then 500 this. And, you know, so he likes to use one light that can Mm kind of do it all really well, and it gives him more flexibility. It's a little softer on the budget. Um, and I was really surprised to hear that actually, I I never heard anyone say that, that they don't use wash lights. He does not use wash lights on his plots. And I was like, what? You know, that one really surprised me, but it makes perfect sense. Sure. You know, and most of the hybrid lights have a very good frosted out wash look and then framing shutters. So you can kind of frame it off at the stage or wherever you need to. So it's even better than a wash light in some sense. And uh, I just never heard it before. It's an interesting one.
2: There's a really good, you brought up a really good part of a product. Yeah. That you'll probably see more and more more and more mid range movers have framing shutters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. You look at
2: a lot what's out there and and it's very expensive that have framing shutters, but that's the need. People do want that hard part is doing that in a hybrid effectively.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, and you know, again, we could geek out forever, but talking, talking with Yvonne from uh, Ayrton yesterday, um, you know, his whole concept for the cassette in the uh, Diablo fixture, no, not the Diablo. Which one is it? Uh, it's that new one. car uh, begins with the. Not K. the Huracan. No, the car- Whichever car- one Terrorism is. I mean. Camsys or Cars. Car- car- whatever car- it's I mean. called. But um, this is one of the things. I'd like to find new naming uh, protocols in our industry because <laughs> everybody's driving me crazy with these names. But. Um,
2: well, well we like to have fun yeah. i mean we introduced the mr strabato yeah, i know mr. i know when well, i saw it <laughs> i saw
0: like blizzardica or oh, something yeah, the metallica have, logo on right, a, exactly. the back of a jacket exactly. yeah no you guys are you guys are fun and silly and i love that but but um he talked about the cassette in this new fixture the effects cassette basically mm-hmm. being a, a bring back from optokinetics right You know he learned that from Neil at Optokinetics like you know when he worked for him 40 50 years ago and he brought that technology forward and put it in an an, an automated light and it just does things that no other automated light does out there so Mm -hmm. you know what I'm the point I was making before was that I think we're getting to incremental changes that aren't necessarily game-changing it's not like 40 percent brighter or twice as many gobos or we're the only one with color mixing or we're the only everybody's kind of got everything so now it's incremental tweaks that Mm -hmm. that we're seeing and i see on i looked at your product line right before you got here you've got some really cool eye candy stuff where you've got like a a ring on the outside of the fixture that glows you know and just different things like that i saw high-end has they're uh, solar picks where, you know, the, the lens, you see the color coming out of the lens, but the edge looks like it's edge lit, right? the edge of the lens, and it's just diffused. Yeah. You know, the edge of the lens, it's like you basically took it and rubbed it on sandpaper, and so it makes the edge glow of the lens. Cool look. I mean, when you look at them up in the rig, you go, wow, that looks like something I've never seen before. Mm-hmm that stuff only lasts a little while because that's kind of like a gimmicky sort of thing, right? To an extent. Yeah, it's not necessarily something that's going to be, you know, five years from now, I need that look right there, right? So maybe, I don't know everything's yeah, different I,
2: I don't know i'd almost disagree it's not that they're going to say i have to have that look yeah. it's just hey it's on the fixture we like that look. it identifies, it, it. identifies yeah. it yeah yeah exactly
0: like the vl5 with the with the blades the color system on the front of a right. vl you could always look up in a rig and know that you're looking at vl5s right not anymore because everybody's got those blades now yeah, but right.
1: <laughs> now it's going to be turbo ray right it's not yeah VL5 or a turbo well or, ray, the, so. new or the new verilite
0: VL- yeah the VL5, vl5 It doesn't actually no. appear yeah. to do anything the blades it's frost. It's a frost. Oh, it's effect. frost. It's frost yeah, that's what it is, right? So, um, you know, I mean, I I love that you guys have differentiated yourselves. You know, I walking into this two days ago or three days ago when Henry told me that you were coming in. In my head, I didn't know much about Blizzard, and I just assumed it's a me too. You know, another yeah. Chinese rebrander, and that's done well with your leadership because you know the market as well as anybody does for that stuff um but you're very different and you know that's a great thing and and you know continued success you know so um
1: anything else anything you want to cover charities Um, Um, i do thank you
2: thank you for bringing that up so we talked about cables earlier yeah and and you know and i incorporated the mighty cables into the blizzard line and they're called cool cables um uh, my father rest old died of cancer we've all been touched with cancer yeah um on our packaging for all our cables, if you buy our cables, uh, a good chunk portion gets donated every year to cancer research. Wow, that's, awesome. God bless that's, you. That's, that's, that's our way that's of giving amazing. back to the world and it's yeah. on all our, all our packaging. Good for it's, you. It's, cool. Well done.
0: Something that we do. Well done. Good so. for you, man. That's amazing. What about bringing new people into the industry? You know, like obviously being based in Wisconsin can be looked at as a bit of a, uh, disadvantage, you know, you're going to have a hard time moving. Engineers from California to Wisconsin, for example. Although I I don't know quality of life, you know it's probably real good in Wisconsin.
2: Quality of life. Uh, About a year ago, we hired a new product development manager, and he was based out of Florida. And okay, Um, that first winter had to suck
0: for him. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That first winter sucks.
2: Yeah. Um, So while yes. I also say no, as far as shipping, we're, you know, we're that's central, yeah. central, we yeah. get, a, get everywhere. Do you go um, into Canada too? We do have a very good distributor in Canada. Who so. is it? Uh, Intellimix, AVM. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Intellimix yeah, yeah. well. Yep. Uh, so uh, yeah, I was out a little late with one of them last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, great people. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're reaching more. Uh, you know, one day I want to be a, a global company, yeah. you know, we're, we're taking it. Have you st- got
0: distribution in Europe or Europe, anything yeah, yet? My next one. I mean, I know it took elation <laughs> 20 years to get there or whatever. Right. So it's not easy.
2: Europe's interesting because as, as we all know, so many of those, the distributors actually starting their own lighting lines, you know, they yeah. can get it really quick. And <clears throat> the people that are successful are, are consolidating containers from various companies now in China and bring it across yeah. Europe. Europe, I will tell you will be my last. your
0: brand has to be very strong uh Uh, especially like how elation got to europe really i think was based on tour specifications absolutely um install specifications you know if you're written into a spec somebody needs to buy it somewhere and if they're constantly buying it and shipping it over from the us it develops a need for distribution right so and i think the other thing that elation did was they grew big enough so that they could open their own offices Mm -hmm. in different parts of the world that um, enabled them to do it. So it's probably just a matter of time. I it's mean, time. obviously, it's the it's the holy grail to really become global and, mm-hmm. and be able to ship, you know, Chinese product back to China. You know, well, that's always I, exciting.
2: Interesting, you say that. I've been very blessed uh, yeah. in, in the fact that uh, the whole Asian Asian block. I have distributors you know in china good, for you. In there, good you know, for you product in there india japan yeah. vietnam australia wow i've covered that market yeah pretty well yeah do a little bit in mexico a little bit in south America. Lot. yeah so the next push is probably south america and mexico, that makes sense you know, yeah that makes yep. perfect sense and, and, and then take it from there yeah so. awesome good. no i appreciate the time yeah
0: thank you so much for doing this with us and uh congratulations on your success and thank you. good luck on your continued success uh you know, we'll keep checking in with you and uh and enjoy the show today. Cheers. Likewise, cheers. Yeah, thanks so much.